Please stand for a gospel reading from Matthew 11. While John the Baptist was in prison, he heard about the things Christ was doing. He sent two of his disciples to ask him, Are you the coming one, or should we wait for someone else? Jesus answered them, Go, report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the gospel is preached to the poor. Blessed is the one who does not take offense at me. As these two were leaving, Jesus began to talk to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? No, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. So what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and he is much more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Amen, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not appeared anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been advancing forcefully, and forceful people are seizing it. In fact, all the prophets and the law prophesied until John... If you are willing to receive it, he is the Elijah who is to come. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. O Lord, have mercy on us. John the Baptist was a great man. You don't have to take my word for it. Jesus said so. None born of women has arisen who is greater than John, Jesus said. What made John so great was his trust in the word of God. John said God's word. He wasn't ashamed of it. He didn't change it. He didn't improve upon it. He just said it and let God do whatever God wanted to do through it. So as we heard last week, John said to the Pharisees and Sadducees that they were a brood of vipers. He told the tax collectors that they shouldn't extort money from people. He told the soldiers to be content with their wages. All of this, and there would have been a lot of other things that John would have said, was so that people could know what was right and wrong. And then... They could repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of their sins. It's not possible for anyone to repent if they don't know what's right and that they haven't been doing what's right. So this was no small task and no small accomplishment that John told people what was right and wrong so that they could repent. And to those who did repent... John was very kind and gentle. He pointed them to Christ, the one who was coming after him. He testified, that one, Jesus, is the Christ. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Trust in him. This made John into the best and most needed of all guides, He turned people away from whatever foolish and sinful paths that they were getting lost on in the dark. He told them that won't work. 
And then he pointed them to what does work. Jesus Christ himself is our peace. Jesus is our good shepherd. He lays down his life for the sheep. He leads his sheep with his voice. Follow him and you're going to be all right, come what may. And let's not kid ourselves about that come what may. Just think of poor John. He ended up in prison. Why? Not because he did something wrong, but because he did what was right. He told King Herod that it was adultery for him to divorce his wife and marry his brother's wife. Shame on you, he said. And if only Herod and his adulterous wife would have owned that shame, but they refused. They would have been greatly helped if they had. Admittedly, it is never fun to say that you were wrong, but it's awfully good for the soul. But instead of repenting, they got even. They put John in prison. And that was John's come what may. Follow Jesus and you're going to be all right, come what may. But John's come what may wasn't over with either. Eventually, these calloused and wicked people who hated the light of God's truth so badly would conspire so that, God, so that John's head would be chopped off of his shoulders and served on a silver platter. But Jesus says in another place, Amen, I tell you, when all things are made new, everyone who has left homes or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields because of my name will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. John the Baptist continued to be all right because his good shepherd laid down his life to redeem him. John didn't do badly by sticking with the word of God that made evil people hate him. No, John did well. The word of God guided him to that which is good and truthful and life-giving, just as he helped others by that same word. God was faithful to John, whom he loved, even as he went through his come what may. But although John the Baptist was an extraordinary man, he was still flesh and blood, just like us. You heard in our reading how he sent messengers to Jesus when he was stuck in that foul and uncomfortable prison. He asked Jesus, are you the coming one or should we wait for someone else? I don't think things were panning out the way that John the Baptist had envisioned. He needed to be encouraged. And Jesus did encourage him. He said, go Report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the gospel is preached to the poor. Blessed is the one who does not take offense at me. The reason why this message back to John was encouraging to him is because Jesus is saying that he is the fulfillment 
of what was prophesied in the Old Testament. We heard one of those prophecies in our reading from Isaiah, where it says, Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf will be unplugged. The crippled will leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute will sing for joy. These are signs and wonders that were actually unheard of in the Old Testament. Nobody did these signs in the Old Testament, but we hear a great deal of Jesus doing precisely those exact signs. Jesus is the Christ who turns back the curses and ailments and brokenness that came with sin. Jesus' miracles testify that he is the fulfillment of that prophecy in Isaiah, and they testify to his sorting out and life-giving power that he has as the Christ. Jesus' message pointed to himself and to his work. It is as though Jesus were saying to John, Don't lose hope. I'm still here, and I'm at work for you. It's a great thing to have our faith and our hope refreshed by realizing anew that Jesus Christ is my Lord. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Savior. Now, none of the Gospels report how John received this message to him, but surely that message was a light in that dark prison. Everything's going to be all right come what may. None of us, unfortunately, have been as faithful as John the Baptist, and therefore our own come what may may not be that noble crying injustice like it was for John. He didn't deserve to have happened to him what did happen to him. If anything, he should have been thanked for his faithful service instead of thrown in prison. But for us, our bed, unfortunately, is much more likely to be one that we have made for ourselves. We are much more likely to be in the dark prisons of our own making. But, as Paul says, this is a faithful saying, Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. And so we just might dare to send our own message to Jesus today from our prison. Encourage us, Jesus, we who are in the dark. Let your light scatter the darkness and illumine your church. And Jesus' words are applicable to us just as they were to John the Baptist in at least a couple of ways. We might think that they don't apply because we do not see the exact same kind of miracles that Jesus did 2,000 years ago. But what Jesus is doing among us is no less than what he did then. If anything, what Jesus does now is actually greater. First of all, there is spiritual healing that Jesus does now. He opens the eyes of the spiritually blind. He opens the ears of the spiritually deaf, and so on. This is no small feat. The world is full of people who do not see the evil, godless times that we are living in. 
you see and you know that Jesus is coming. The world is full of people who are deaf to God's word. God's word is so good for leading us rightly and truly so that we can make our way through this valley of sorrow to God in heaven. You have heard this word, and God has opened your ears. But let's not be content with just a spiritual understanding of these things. We are also at the beginning of the literal fulfillment of, in fact, a more profound healing and restoration than what Jesus talks about with John the Baptist. We have already begun to live our eternal life. That started when we were baptized. The working of God is upon us, which will finally culminate in the resurrection from the dead and the perfect healing of every ill of body and soul. In this way, the working of Jesus upon us is not less than the miracles that the apostles witnessed, but is in fact much greater by many orders of magnitude. Those people whom Jesus healed were made well in this fallen body of ours, but our fallen bodies are nothing compared to the bodies that we will have when we are raised on the last day. Lazarus was raised from the dead after being dead for four days, but that too was only a restoration to this present life that is so thoroughly contaminated with sin, with our own sin and the sins of others. The work that Jesus is doing and will complete is altogether more and better. If you want to catch just a tiny glimpse of what that will be like, you can read for yourself our Old Testament reading. Isaiah is prophesying about what things will be like in the end times. And so we have encouragement from Jesus to help us in our times of darkness. Our encouragement is Jesus. Jesus himself is our peace. He will see you through, come what may. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He has chosen you and given you his grace. He has baptized you and will continue to work on you so that you may enter into the making of all things to be new. Finally, note that Jesus said to John the Baptist, Blessed is the one who does not take offense at me. I wonder if John thought about that later on. Blessed is the one who does not take offense at me. I wonder if he thought of that when the door to his cell was opened and the executioner came in. Blessed is the one who does not take offense at me. That's another way of saying not my will, but your will be done. We can certainly learn from that too. The way that God does things is not always the way that we would have chosen if it were up to us. But God has his reasons. What Jesus says to Paul can be applied also to us. Paul tells of how he bitterly complained to God about a thorn in his side a messenger from Satan. 
And Jesus said to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. It's like how the old song goes, I am weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. So stay the path and remember that God's word is what is right and true. Don't be led astray by bad guides and bad advice. Let the commandments be your guide for how you should live. And remember that Jesus is your Lord. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Live from one moment to the next, knowing that God is in control of your life, not worrying about tomorrow. You know the Good Shepherd, and more importantly, the Good Shepherd knows you. You follow his voice, follow him, and come what may, you'll be all right. In fact, you'll be more than all right. The peace of God that transcends all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.